I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 255 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Today we have a retired Navy SEAL who was hit with a cancer diagnosis right at the same time he was having his first child. Dan Mulroy will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Next week for Frogman Friday, I will have a very special guest to bring you guys. I will have the honor of speaking with a retired Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who it is. And I'm telling you guys right now, next week is a can't miss. I'll be joined here by five extraordinary fathers. There's going to be some great content dished out. And it all starts with a little bit of Monday motivation. I'm going to have the Wolf of Wall Street himself, Jordan Belfort, along with his longtime companion and cop. Don't miss out on that. Tuesday, I'm going to have a former research biochemist, Rob Wolf, who is one of the world's leading nutrition experts. He is the best-selling author of The Paleo Solution, so that's going to be very interesting. Wednesday, for Warrior Wednesday, I'm going to have a father who holds the record for most kills on a single deployment to Afghanistan. Nick Irving is going to be here with me. He is an Army Special Operations sniper whose autobiography, The Reaper, became a New York Times bestseller. Thursday, we're going to return to the gridiron. NFL Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott, who used to just crush people on the football field, will be joining me here. He is a four-time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers, so don't miss out on that one. And Friday, as I said, a Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who it's going to be. So lock it in to First Class Fatherhood next week. Each episode is going to be a banger. And please help me spread the word about the podcast here. Tell every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back to jump into the action with former Navy SEAL Dan Mulroy. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a former Navy SEAL who managed operations for a 135-member SEAL team. He has found success outside the military as a leadership and strategy coach. It is a huge honor for me to say, Dan Mulroy, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, thanks for having me, and thank you for your, your audience for uh, having me on here. Well, all right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? So I have one daughter who is two and a half, and then I have one on the way. Uh, my wife is due in January. Wow, yeah, congratulations on that. Now, did you find out what you have with the first one, with like a gender reveal, and do you know the next one? We, we did find out, uh, found out all at the first one. I am far too much of a control freak to not find out. Uh, we actually ended up finding out for the second one, and we have not revealed that yet, so I don't want to break the news on here and uh, really just get myself in trouble with my wife. 
Uh, that would okay. not be good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys going to do it like at a, at a gender reveal type uh, party or something like that? I don't think we will. I think we'll just let our friends and family know and then uh, just n- nothing crazy. Very cool. If you could, Dan, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I was a Navy SEAL for 14 years. Uh, I got out of the military last October. I was medically retired. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer uh, about two and a half years ago. Uh, I'm clean now. I'm good. I just had tongue cancer. She just had the surgery, no chemo or radiation. Uh, and then from that, you know, I transitioned into uh, the world of, world of startups. And then uh, that, you know, I worked for one startup that didn't really pan out. And then I ended up, and what I currently do is I'm a leadership coach and I work with teams really primarily who are going through a stage of growth. So if they're at 20 employees and they're growing up to 40 or 50, uh, helping them navigate that transition uh, so that when they get to 50, the things that we're working at 10, you know, they're, they're, they're still working, right? So we have all the business processes and practices in place and they're, uh, you know, the way they communicate is all effective so that they can continue to, to uh, find success. Yeah, very cool. And thank you for your service, of course. And, and so were you still serving at the time then, Dan, when you became a father, and how becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? You know, yeah, uh, becoming a father definitely changed my perspective on life, and I was, I was still serving. I was actually supposed to get out of the military uh, right after my daughter was born, um, and, and coincidentally, I was diagnosed with cancer two weeks before my daughter was supposed to be born. So, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of things right there changed my perspective and really put the priorities uh, of life and focus and how important uh, my daughter and, and my, my future children are to me. Um, you know, we travel a lot in, in the teams, and uh, while I love that job, I was really looking forward to being a father and, and being home and being around them and, and how important that is. Uh, I, I don't think we can understate that enough, how important it is to, to raise our kids. And, and ultimately, we're responsible for the people they turn into. Uh, so I take that to heart. Yeah, very well said. And and how did you first find out, Dan, about the cancer? Did you was it something that you suspected uh, with the tongue, or was it something that just uh, at a random checkup? How did that work out? You know, so uh, I'm fortunate. You know, with tongue cancer, uh, when it's in the front of your mouth, you can feel it, right? So I, I thought I honestly bit my tongue. Uh, it feels feels kind of tough and like scar tissue a little bit, uh, like a, you know, like you uh, you cut yourself. But uh, really, just ended up going to the doctor, the dentist, and, you know, eventually they did a biopsy. Uh, I suspected it was something abnormal after a couple of doctors didn't know what to tell me or couldn't tell me what it was. Uh, I was not expecting cancer, not at, I I think I was 31 at the time or 30 at the time, not expecting to see cancer. But at the end of the day, I'm incredibly fortunate that it's a type of cancer that you can see and feel and touch uh, and and catch early enough. Um, So I feel incredibly fortunate for that. Yeah, did, did I mean, I know you guys are mentally just incredibly tough. Did, did, did all of your SEAL training and stuff kind of help you or prepare you to how to react for something definite? Like, a, that's a tough result to get, like, something like that you have cancer. Like, did that kind of kick in when you found out? In, in all honesty, it didn't kick in right away. Uh, it was, that was a new one for me. Uh, and I think ultimately I had gotten a little bit comfortable as a SEAL and had been, had been used to it. I, I was a SEAL for, I think it was 12 years at that point. Uh, and this was new for me because it was something that I couldn't control. Uh, it was something really small and that I didn't know about, uh, and it, it really had a, con- a controlling effect on me as an individual. Uh, so it, it took a little bit of time for me to remember all of the lessons and things that I had learned about how to deal with stress, how to deal with fear and uncertainty that you learn in the teams uh, and really bring them back to the forefront and, and use them as I uh, face 
cancer. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And, and how about as far as your wife's response to all this? I mean, you know, having a new baby here, having her husband with Tim, what was kind of her reaction? How did she handle all this stuff going on? You know, it, it's interesting, you know, because she was diagnosed two weeks before she gave birth, she was, she was having contractions. She was uh, you know, going through pre-labor. And when we found out, all of those things stopped. So it's a real testament to what stress can do to an individual that, you know, she was really fight or flight, and her body was like, I am not going to have this baby with this amount of stress going on. And it wasn't until, you know, I had a couple scans and found out that the cancer hadn't spread, and, and you know, we found out that it was only stage one and things like that, that really we found those results out. Uh, she started having contractions again, and three days later she gave birth to uh, my beautiful uh, young daughter. And, uh, you know, I, she was incredibly strong. She was my rock through all of that, and I, I don't think I could have done it without her. Uh, you know, she definitely held down the fort while I, I went off and faced this thing. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that she wasn't facing herself, but, you know, she was taking care of our daughter while I was, you know, our two-week-old while I was having my first surgery, and I went back in again at four weeks. Um, my daughter was four weeks old and had uh, my second surgery. So, again, I, I couldn't have done it without her, and, and really the loving support of my entire family who came down, and my mom and my mother-in-law who came down and really uh, helped my, my wife out. Yeah, that's so cool, Dan. And I, I read the post that you put up there on Instagram, uh, you know, of the time when this happened and you were having trouble. You couldn't even read the uh, Dr. Seuss books because of, the, because of the surgery with your tongue. What does your bedtime routine look now uh, like with your daughter? Are you reading her books at night? How do you get her down to sleep? Yeah, absolutely. We love reading books. She, she loves books. Uh, and we, we did that since, you know, since before she even knew what we were saying. Uh, and just bedtime routine is, you know, bath time, uh, you know, get her some milk. And uh, we'd read and we sit down and we'd read probably two to three different books. Uh, and she's always, it's probably a fight to stop reading them because she wants to read more. And then, we, you know, we put her down and, you know, honestly, it, it was a struggle for the probably the first year. We did not get that right. She, uh, we were too, a little too apt to give her what I want or, you know, as new parents, not really sure what to, what to do in those moments. Uh, and, and bedtime was always a fight. Uh, but now, now we're in a good place where, you know, she puts herself down and, you know, she calms herself down and she'll go to sleep after a couple of books and, you know, good night kiss. Yeah, very nice. And, and does she, uh, is she getting ready to take on the role of being the big sister here? Are you guys kind of pumping her up for that? Yeah, we, we definitely are as much as we can. Try to introduce her to, with, through a bunch of different books about stories about being a big sister and, and then really just asking her questions if she's ready for that. And when we go to the doctors and do the ultrasound, uh, you know, actually the midwife my, my wife goes to actually let her do the ultrasound or hold the wand at least. That you know, to hear the baby's heartbeat and really be really engaged in that. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully she's ready. Uh, only time will tell. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Just being through the experience, going from going from two to three was the was the most challenging one for my wife and I. But once you knock down that, uh, three to four is a piece of cake. So, if you're looking to go further, <laughs> it, it gets a lot easier. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I will say that I told my wife, you know, if, if this one's a girl. Uh, we're going to have to try for three for the uh, for the boy. So we'll see we'll see where that goes. And you've had some success here transitioning now uh, out of your SEAL career. What was it like for you now? I know some guys struggle with leaving the teams and getting into the civilian world. What was the transition like for you to come out of the teams and into the civilian life? You know, it, it's really tough, and it's tough for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, you're used to the camaraderie. I, I think everybody really understands that. But second to that, too, is – you're used to being in a system where you're, you're taking care of, uh, you know, whether it's healthcare, you get your paycheck on the first and 15th, and you don't, you live a relatively comfortable life. 
uh, and you don't have to worry about that. And then when you step out, you're stepping, you're making a lateral transition to a world where your peers have a 12 to 14 year, if not more, head start on you, depending on when you get out. So you have to start all over again. So you go from being the pinnacle of your career, pinnacle of success, and you're starting over again. And you have to do things that you haven't done in, in 10 or 15 or 20 years uh, as, a, as a, a new guy somewhere. So you have to accept that. Um, and, and so that, that can be hard to take, as well as, hey, your family is relying on you to provide for them, uh, which is something that I never had to worry about and think about in the beginning. Uh, and, you know, and I took a, maybe an unconventional route and, and started to do it on my own and as a solopreneur or entrepreneur. Uh, so there's a little bit of added stress that goes along with that. So it's definitely tough. Uh, for me, it's incredibly rewarding because I get to set my schedule. I work a, a lot of hours, but when I'm not, I have the flexibility to be at home with my family, uh, go to doctor's appointments with my daughter, and I don't have anybody breathing down my neck uh, to – be in an office at a certain time or be there. You know, as long as I get my work done, you know, I can, I can spend some time with my family during, during the day uh, and work at night if I have to to make up that time. Yeah, that's awesome, Dan. And I know one of the sayings you guys have is you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable in the teams there. And I know that for many of us, becoming a dad for the first time can be very uncomfortable and something we have to learn to get comfortable at. What were some of the things maybe for you that were unexpected about being a dad? I, I never, first and foremost, I never expected to love something so much as that, you know, when you see your kid, uh, absolutely, that was, that was number one, right? You just don't, everybody tells you that you just, you don't get it. Uh, and, and I think number two, you know, that doesn't happen right away, is I think you expect to be really very connected to this kid, you know, right from the minute that you see them. Uh, and for me, it took a little bit of time. Uh, and really now at two years old and, and a little before that, you know, when she was one, when her personality really starts to come out was the really the moment when I truly 100% fell in love with this person and she means more to me than anything else in the world. Uh, you know, and then as a, as a dad or as a parent, I, think, I don't think anybody really uh, can let you know how bad or how little sleep you're going to get and really how that affects you. Um, it's totally worth it in the end, but my wife and I are not looking forward to uh, that period of time after uh, our, our second child comes and uh, to sleep with mites. <laughs> yeah, instead of a hell week, it's like a hell three months. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah, and, and well said there on, on two, because I know for a lot of us, we expect that, that aha moment, the moment the baby comes out. I've spoken to so many different NFL guys who have won the Super Bowl, and they kind of compare it to that, like, you know, when they ask him, how does it feel to win the Super Bowl? And they're like, well, you know what? It didn't really hit me yet. And it's kind of that way with fatherhood when you first have the child. No, it, it really is. It's, and and it's, I think it's almost when you do something with the kid, with your kid, or, my, or I do something with my daughter, and she looks at you and smiles because she, she realizes it, right? She, she acknowledges what you said or what you did with her, and it makes an impact. And when you see that impact, I think that's when it really strikes you. And you kind of just, like, sit back and I'm almost still dumbfounded in the moment, like, wow. I just, I had an impact on this, on this child, this little year and a half year old. Uh, and, it, and it really makes it real of, of how important everything you do with that child on a day-to-day basis, how important that is to that kid. Yeah, yeah, well said. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome, too, as they get older and you start having conversations with them and everything, and you get to see really uh, what you've done and, and where they're learning, what they're getting from. And it's uh, the whole experience to me. I'm, I'm still loving it. It's on the job training here. My oldest is 13, so we're getting ready for the for the high school years to come soon. So we're bracing for impact. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I'm 
I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, I'm not. Uh, you know, one daughter, and we'll see what the one on the way is going to be. But, you know, there's, there's an aspect there. I don't know. I think every dad kind of worries about that, and I will definitely be in that boat with having daughters in high school. Yeah, well, I, I got to have the three boys ahead of time, so I'm kind of telling them, hey, you guys, you know, there's three dominoes got to fall down before I got to get involved here. <laughs> it's a great. Hey, you, you got it. You got it made. You got it made there. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan. Well, what type of uh, you've had so much success here already? Seal career in the books. What kind of plans or goals do you have for yourself for the future? Yeah, you know, really, it's continuing to build my brand and uh, continuing to build my business, uh, and really just helping as many leaders and teams navigate you know what they have going on the growth they have planned or they've gone through already to find their success i really enjoy just having this conversation with people and trying to lend some of the experience that i have from being in the teams and then working in some startups uh so that they can find their success so just continuing that yeah very cool and i know that the seal community has been just like on fire lately here like there's so many books movies and stuff do you ever get involved I've had a few of the guys that played seals on tv as well on the show here do you you ever get involved with watching any of those uh, programs, SEAL Team or any of that? And what do you think of those? You know, I, I don't really uh, watch too many of them. I, don't, I honestly don't watch TV too much. Um, from what I have seen and what I've heard is, you know, I think they're starting to do a little bit better of a job of portraying SEALs as, you know, as much as Hollywood can do. Uh, you know, I, I think some of that, some of the dramatic stuff behind the, behind the scenes and stuff, I, I think they're starting to do a good job of that, uh, you know, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, very cool. Well, I'm glad that you guys are out of the shadows, so to speak, because I think our whole uh, community, our whole society benefits from your guys' knowledge and your and your mental capabilities and all this stuff. So I'm glad to see you guys are, you know, where we can reach you on uh, Instagram or social media. So I think it's very beneficial to all of us. And I'm glad that you guys are still, some of your team, is, you know, you guys are getting involved with politics and stuff, because I think we definitely need your voice. Uh, is that anything you would ever consider getting into, or is that off the radar for you? I think, you know, it's definitely off the radar for me politics-wise. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy what I have to, you know, what I'm doing with, with businesses, uh, and, and I don't know that I want to detract from that. I, you know, I absolutely agree that there are some guys out there who are doing great things in politics uh, and great things out there by, you know, showing what the teams do and what they can offer. Uh, I think there's a, there's a balance there of, of the right way to put things out uh, on social media and, and out in the, in the public, and there's a wrong way to do it, and, you know, it's, it's a fine line to toe, uh, something that's hard to learn when you come out. Uh, something I definitely have faltered with at times, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's for the better, you know, so that the larger public can understand some of the lessons we've learned and, and can grow from that as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Dan, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that? This is interesting, too, because you're a fairly new father yourself. So what type of advice do you have for that new dad? or for that about-to-be-father who's out there listening? Yeah, you know, I think the, the best advice I would have for all the overarching is just don't have too many expectations. Um, you know, don't, don't read into the Internet for any, for first and foremost, but don't have expectations of what it should be or what it shouldn't be. Uh, and then trust your gut. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, we're hardwired pretty well to know what to do, uh, you know, 95% of the time, I'll say, so just follow your instincts, and I think as a dad, it'll come through, and you'll know what to do. And then really realize how important it is for you to be with your kids, uh, how much they're you know they're gonna they're gonna get from that. So uh, that that'll be my advice. Don't have expectations. And trust your gut. Yeah, very well said. I love the advice. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I gotta say, Dan Mulroy, you're a first class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Of course, Alex. Thank you very much, and thank you to your audience for having me on.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dan Mulroy for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in for next week, guys. You do not want to miss out. It is loaded with First Class Fathers. We're going to kick things off with the Wolf of Wall Street himself on Monday. Jordan Belfort will be here with me. Tuesday, we have Rob Wolf, a former biochemist who is responsible for creating the Paleo Solution. Wednesday, we have Nick Irving, who holds the record for most kills on a single deployment. Thursday, NFL Hall of Fame legend Ronnie Lott. And Friday, Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient. All right, it doesn't get much better than that. Lock it in for next week. That's all I got for you this week. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.